Good morning, Stacey Insurance. This is Linda. Can you speak to Billy, please? Who's calling, please? It's Joey Jingola. Hold on. Thank you. Joey. Billy, how you doing, sir? Good. Tough night last night, huh? This is insurance in your own words from the people who are living and breathing it every day and are struggling to figure out where this industry is going and what they need to do to stay ahead. Hosted by me, Joey Jingola. Let's get into it. But see, they're not, and that this isn't a criticism. It's not that they're a necessary evil, it's that we've allowed them to become a necessary evil. Trying to find the microphone that Billy just dropped uh, because he kicked it all the way across the room. That was Billy Vandra talking about his feelings on the SIAA model of pulling our resources together and uh, getting easy appointments and he's gonna throw even more furious punches and drop mics more heinously, I guess, throughout this episode. But boy, that was said very succinctly and to the point, just cut through like a knife, I guess. What else would cut? I mean, no. Talking about, and and I was making the point to him, and the reason that he said that was I was making the point that I felt the SIAA model was a necessary evil to have access to the markets that I'm accustomed to in the health insurance world, in the PNC world. And he thinks that it's a self-created necessary evil. Now, whether you believe that or not, whether you hate them as much as he does, that's up to you to decide. It is interesting, however, to think Exactly, and we talked about this. I think it was on the last show that Billy was on. Uh, That's not who I want to work with, possibly, I think is the title of that episode. This is more of a continuation of that, just really diving into the fact of, well, what are they really doing for me? And is this really good for the uh, industry? Not so much your agency, but yes, is it good for your agency? And is it good for the industry as a whole? And it's a very interesting point uh, to think about. because Billy is very against these types of of companies and such. And I'm of the opinion that, again, I view them as a necessary evil. They're gonna say, here, here's a bunch of markets. Here's a bunch of access. Go have fun. Because I am not, one of the things that I wanna see change more than, you know, Billy wants to see the SIA model change is I wanna see the PNC world wake up to the fact that there's no reason that I should be privileged or I should have to feel privileged enough to do business with you and have to bring you half half of my life's work in order to do it. Um, that's old school just thinking, whereas in in my reality of the health insurance world, and I've always viewed it as the more progressive area, is listen, you want to be appointed, you get appointed, and when you sell, you can sell with us. Now I get there's lost ratios, if you will, with these PNC companies, but in, in all honesty, health insurance companies are on the hook for substantially more money uh, than uh, a PNC company is, and it can happen at any time. And so I don't necessarily buy that, right? I'm not going to let them off the hook for that. Um, I think, again, let's just get with the times. We have a bunch of capable agents. Just because the guy down the street from me has auto owners doesn't mean that I can't be another guy down the street that has auto owners. I mean, are they afraid of this cannibalistic, like, hey, they're going to have choices to make? I mean, they're already making these choices. I mean, they're not... 
People aren't going to do business with a particular agency just because they have a certain company. They're not looking at, oh, well, you have auto owners. Well, I'm going to, I got to go find me an auto owner's agent. Maybe, maybe that happens like somewhere, like in Spokane, Washington once. I don't know. Nothing in Spokane. I don't know. Just what I came up with. Isn't it, is it Spokane? Is it right? Did I even get my jargon for right? I have no idea. They're going to go do business with that agent because they want to do business with that agent. And the companies are, I mean, they're, they're relevant, but you know, they're, they're the only reason they're not going to do business with that agent and they're going to do business with auto owners is because auto owners is, is going to lead with price. I doubt that there's much that they're going to offer in terms of company loyalty service that they're going to jump from agency to agency looking for an auto owner's experience. I can't imagine that's the case. So why not? let us have that ability to just say, Hey, you know what? Get a point with auto owners. When you sell something great, let us know. We'll issue the policy. Same thing with term life. I mean, the same thing. I mean, in fact, they'll let you represent them and they don't even want you to get appointed until you bring them a piece of business. Once you bring them the piece, then you get appointed. I mean, come on. I just think it's, it's way behind the times. However, I don't think it's lazy that we don't work for these appointments the way that they used to in the old days. Yes. Yes. And that's where they, and that's where I say to myself, the reality is it's created a bunch of lazy agents who haven't had to work to get appointments or it's created a bunch of agents that say, ah, oh, well, if I just lay up and pay them a few hundred dollars and well, I'll have access to all these companies and I won't have to deal with any company relationships. And I say, well, maybe that's why our companies suck. Maybe that's why our companies don't improve because you don't have a voice at the table. SIA does, and they're not doing anything. If you want to guarantee one thing when Billy Van Jura shows up on the podcast is that we're going to be an equal opportunist as far as putting targets on people's backs. Now we've we've gone after SIA. Let's take a shot at the insurance companies and why not, right? And and yes, there's probably a decent amount of truth in that statement. Uh, now, while I will disagree with Billy in saying that uh, there's a bunch of lazy agents who haven't worked to get appointments, again, I'm, I'm again. Maybe I am a lazy and I'm just very good at justifying my laziness. I've always, I've always been open to that interpretation of my point of view, not saying that it's wrong. However, again, I covered that, I think, uh, in the previous segment. But what he is saying is that, hey, listen, we're, we're just saying, well, I'm just going to lay up, lay up using, I like the golf terms, don't get enough golf analogies slang on the show. Uh, I'm just going to lay up and I'm going to give them a couple hundred bucks and, and I'm going to, I'm going to you know, give in and join, be part of this machine. And then I don't have a voice at the table for these companies. And as Billy is saying, you know, SIA isn't doing anything to really push them to be better. And that's probably true. As we're seeing here, the insure tech movement of everybody trying to go after not just the insurance industry from a agent perspective, but from a company perspective too, if they want to be the company too. Now that's not everybody, but there are a lot of people who think that these companies, I guess, are, are right for disruption as well. The entire industry is up for grabs. There is nobody is safe. Much like this episode, targets are being passed out willy-nilly. There's room. There's enough for everybody to take one. Put it wherever they want, your chest, your back, your head. Take your pick. Wherever you want the target, put it there, and we'll take a shot at it. And um, it's very interesting. It's it's uh, Is it something that is 
healthy? Maybe. I don't know. It's something that I never really considered. I never, and now this is where I think maybe Billy might be a little, little more optimistic than I am. Even if I, I, uh, I, I worked my way up, I, I grinded like they did in the old days and I brought the necessary business to get the appointment with the company that I was looking for. And then I had that voice at the table. Would anybody listen to me? Right, so so you're not actually bringing your voice to the table and saying, you know, we got these ten other agents in town, and we don't think we're going to be hurt at all if you had appointments with them. In fact, you might even actually help us because you'll put a little pressure on travelers and everybody else. Honestly, Billy, I'm not so sure about that because I might be more cynical than most, and you possibly, but you know, even having that voice, I don't know if it would really do anything for me personally. I just in my experience. Now, again, I. Uh, I, I currently operate in a system where I'm not, you know, required to have any such, you know, deals with the devil to bring a certain amount of business to my health insurance companies. I have that voice at the table with those people. And for the most part, it goes ignored. You know, I, I talk to them. They ask me sometimes they pretend like they're listening, but really at the end of the day, just this goes on with the same old, same old. And so if, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe they're going to put pressure on the people. Maybe those those voices would add up. And maybe instead of giving the one big voice that isn't all that concerned with disrupting the status quo because the status quo keeps their pockets pretty darn full, maybe, maybe. But the point is, is why? So here, this is a side thing. I don't know if this is true or not, but this is just the way that in a perfect world, I think it might work. Would we not? And, and again, why would outside of just, hey, what's working on the ground level? Why would why would we be the leaders of innovation if our companies were the leaders that we had hoped or would need them to be? I mean, I would hope that somebody sitting, you know, with a, with a grander view of things could, you know, plot a course, a direction, and be confident enough in their experience and their decisions to not waver from it based on what one you know, agent is doing in, in the very small corner. Again, even if, if, if I said, hey, we've got Ashtabula County lockdown. That's where our office is located. I got that thing on lockdown. That is mine. If I said, hey, guess what? You're going to lose all this if you don't listen to me. Would they be, should they be, would they be scared? I would hope not because in the grand scheme of things, that would be, you know, nothing. You know, again, yes, they want to cater to their agents and they want to, you know, make it seem like they are people you know, a company of their agents. And yes, it's important, but at some point there's too many cooks in the kitchen, right? Um, I'm going to go straight comic book reference here. Um, you know, if you, if you keep an eye on the two big comic book movie cinematic universes, you've got the Marvel cinematic universe and the DC EU cinematic universe. One is very methodically laid out and planned and crafted with a very strong leadership in place and a vision that is being, you know, kind of displayed. It's been on display for the last 10, 15 years. It's been a long time and it's making billions of dollars. And yes, they have input from the people that are underneath them. And yeah, that might come into play, but for the most part, strong leadership trickles down to the different properties and the people that have input and creative decisions. The other one, on the other hand, is just running around with its chicken like a with its with a like a chicken with its head cut off. There we go. That was a very easy analogy that I very much screwed up. And that is, they don't know what they're doing. They're just, they're listening to the to the people, the fans. They're very reactionary to what is happening, what's not working, what is working. And they're not letting people do their jobs and trust the people they hire to do their jobs. And they're very self-conscious of those decisions. And they're not confident in the direction that they have chosen. 
I don't want a company that is very self-conscious of their decisions and, and not confident enough in their own ability to execute on the vision that they have set forth to define an industry. I mean, if these are the true pillars of the industry, I would hope that you know they would be as confident to execute these these decisions to be as as visionary as possible. And maybe this is where this is where the uprising begins. Maybe we're at the beginning of this. Maybe we're approaching the event horizon, if you will, to where these insured tech startups will start to supplant these traditional guards and they will then form this strong leadership and, and these voices will be heard in, in proportion to you know what is necessary for executing this vision. I don't know. That was a little deep, way out there. Kind of got loopy. Tends to happen when you have Billy on the show and you start talking ideas with him. But at the end of the day, is all of this a necessary evil? Are we looking for something to change that needs to or should or shouldn't? What are your thoughts? What do you, what do you think? I'm just going to ask. just want you to think about that. Are you actually participating? Are you in bed with one of these necessary evils? How good does it feel? Just something to think about. Because at the end of the day, all it is about is about us delivering an experience and a product, if you will, to people who just want it to be done and over with. I don't know about you, but I'm in one of those moods today where I have been on the internet long enough today to where I feel like we do everything wrong. You know, you just kind of catch all of the right things that just point out how bad everything is and we screwed this up and, and uh, I mean, like, chairs, like, we shouldn't have even made chairs. I don't know if you're hip to that. You're hearing standing is the new smoking and it destroys your spine and uh, I tell you, it's just not a great day. And then uh, it, it, we can't even make a toilet right. I'm not even kidding you. Go look it up. I'm not getting into details. But it seems like if we can engineer something the wrong way, we do. I don't know why. It's just weird. As depressing as that is, I'm going to try not to go harm myself. And I just wanted to take a minute just because uh, Jason and I have been spending a lot of time putting the finishing touches on, on the details of Girl Lab 2017. I just wanted to ask if, if you're thinking about coming because we're only going to limit to 100 people. We haven't opened anything up yet, but just want to see, take your temperature. Are you getting excited for it? It's going to be in the fall. We're nailing down the dates. We're trying to figure out exactly uh, all the details, but it's coming soon. I just wanted to see if it's something that you are interested in spending, you know, two days with a hundred of the best agents in the country, um, just really figuring things out and just amplifying the stuff that works for the people that are doing it the right way. And I'm just asking you, let me know. Joey at growprogram.com. Grow Labs 2017 is coming here this fall and we want you to be a part of it, but we just want to let you know Keep it in mind because we're planning out some pretty crazy stuff that you're not going to get at your annual convention or trade show or conference or anything like that. So Joey at GrowProgram.com. Let me know what you're thinking. Uh, let me know if there's something that you would like us to include that we should maybe consider that we're not. Take these guys. I'll catch you on the next one.